We're going to be in the book of Philippians, so you can head to Philippians chapter 1. Man, I just on this Sunday, I just want to say thank you for being here, just like every Sunday. Like, I don't take for granted that you're here right now. It just means so much. So thank you for the effort you made to be here. And for those of you who are watching online, thank you so much for taking this moment in your in your week, really starting the week, putting God first. And so your presence online means a lot. And we, we think about you as we plan these services. And you're an important part, Digital Church, of what we're doing here. You know, it takes a lot to put on a church service. And, and I just have to honor someone. You know, I can't honor everyone. But uh, Steve Hertzler is one of our sound guys, but he's much more than that. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold, 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 yeah. Now, I want you to applaud him, but I just got to tell you that this morning, not only did, did he run the sound and work with his team and Daniel Baker and all the things they did, he went on top of the roof to check on the air conditioning. On his way down, he was getting his coffee, and the children's ministry said, we have a sound problem in the children's ministry. Then he came back up here to check on the sound. So that's Steve Hertzler. Guys, can you give him a great hand of appreciation? So appreciate that. You know, one, as a former church planter, I remember what it was like to show up on Sunday morning and everything to flow through me. And we have such a great team here of not just staff, but more importantly, volunteers, people who volunteer to be here. And uh, we love you guys and thank you so much for that. Hey, I'm excited about the Refresh Conference. It's going to be great. Let me just tweak it just a little bit uh, from what you saw on the, on the screen there. Uh, Saturday night is when it starts. And that's only a worship night. So for those of you who are like, we need more worship nights, Saturday, July 16th, your chance. We'll just see. You can vote with your feet if you're going to be there Saturday, July 16th. But no preaching. So you can just, you don't have to sit through that preaching. You can just do all the music stuff. So that's, that's Saturday night. And then Lynn Wheeler will preach Sunday morning. Uh, you guys get a break from me. And then uh, Derek Jackson will preach Sunday night with far-flung tin can. We won't give Aubrey a week off because we like him too much. So he's going to have, he's still going to lead worship on Sunday morning. You're just too good, man. We get, we, we can't give you that weekend off. So, so this is just a, a way before the rush of summer. Like it really hits us in late July. For those of you who are follow, you know, part of the rhythm of the Sumner County, um, um, school system, or you're educating your kids at home, or you're part of a private school, you know that, Late July, you just get slapped in the face with activity. And so we're going to kind of take, our, take a breath before that madness starts and to make sure we're refreshed by the Holy Spirit. And it's a great way to set the tone for your kids. So God bless you as, as you consider that. So we're in verse 12. And after I read the scripture, I'll present this as the word of the Lord. And if you choose to, you can say with me, thanks be to God. Starting with verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the title of my teaching today is Growing in Chains. And that seems impossible because how do we grow in chains? The scripture is often, you know, counterintuitive. 
things that we think are natural laws, when the supernatural gets involved, God turns things upside down. And as you'll hear most weeks, as I'll remind you as we go through Philippians, it was a letter sent from prison, uh, most likely in Rome. And Paul was encouraging the church. And yet there is a theme of joy throughout out the book. And Paul here says really clearly, he says, he, he says, I thank God for these chains. When we think about chains, it elicits words like restriction, torture, unbreakable, unbendable, a force that we can't break through. So we can see in this passage that Paul had physical chains. But every one of us has metaphoric chains. Chains. We, we have things that we feel chained by. Some are visible. There's a physical handicap, and some of us deal with a physical handicap. But most are not visible. It could be an insecurity, a besetting sin, an overwhelming fear, a constant struggle with depression or anxiety. A prison for you is a place that is perceived as a place of limitation or a position of limitation. Your environment can feel like a prison. And you can wrongly conclude, well, because I live in a certain part of town or because I've been identified with a particular group or because I've had a lack of educational opportunities or because I didn't have a break, that I'm in an environment where it's like a prison for me. Well, what I want to do is just spend those, this first minute or two, like I've already done, and acknowledge your chains and let, you know, acknowledge that, like, I don't know all that you're going through. For some of you, I do get a sense because I know your story. But even some of you who I'm really close to, I don't really know what's going on in your head. I don't know what's going on in your home. And I don't understand the chains that you're in. And I can't reconcile all of those things right now or today during this message. But I'm here to give you hope from the scripture. And to give you hope that the prison that you perceive that you're in and the chains that you feel like you're, you are bound to are not the final story. I, I want to say this, that in the name of Jesus and by the power of what Jesus has done, your chains will not defeat you. Your chains will not define you. And your chains will not be the end of the story. And so I find in this passage great encouragement. And I want to encourage you on this day, on this day that we, we celebrate our nation. I want to just say one thing about that because I meant to mention that at the beginning. You know, Beth got me all rattled talking about uh, July 3rd, 1997. So thank God she answered the call. Praise God for that. Uh, but July 4th is a special holiday for us as a couple. But, but I love our country and I love our country's history. It's very important that we know our history. I blame it on all the football coaches that we don't know history anymore. But anyway, yeah, I, just, I thought that was a funny joke. I use it like every 4th of July, but those of you who, who've been around for a while, you've heard that. I love football and I love history, but, you know, my football coaches never taught history. They were like drawing plays on the, on the, on the um, chalkboard for us and showing videos. So knowing our history is so important uh, because, because America really changed the world. And, and I'll just apply to what we're doing right now. 
um, individual freedom and the freedom to choose Christ, the freedom to, cho- to choose Jesus. Um, America changed the world. And if you don't believe that, you need to study history more. I'll just be, uh, just, 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 it's, it's amazing. It's amazing the benefits we have from the American experiment. So on this weekend that we celebrate, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. And now you're, you're here to receive, receive from the Lord. And, and I want you to receive hope for your future and hope for what God has for you. And so here's the first, first category of encouragement that I see here is number one, our chains advance, advance. We want to look at chains. Our chains advance. Look at verse 12 again. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. This is that counterintuitive truth that we think that when we lose, when we lose our, our freedom or we lose our mobility, that now all of a sudden that the work of Jesus is over. The work of Jesus flourishes in every environment. The work of Jesus flourishes in freedom, but the work of Jesus also flourishes in persecution. The work of Jesus flourishes uh, when you, we have full mobility and it, has, it flourishes when we, are, when we are in prison. We play in our minds the if-only game. We think, if only I was healthier. If only I didn't have to deal with him or her. If only I had enough money. If only I was noticed. And that becomes our prison and we limit God's work in our life. We limit what God can do and we begin to close our eyes to the opportunities that we have. A lot of this also happens when we're physically sick. And the Lord has has blessed me with, with health most of my life and I'm so grateful for that. But because of that, too, I, I grew up in an environment where uh, the, 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 church, the churches that I was part of, so many great things I learned and so many great things that have carried, carried me into my ministry. I mean, the churches I grew up in and were trained under, I'm, I'm learning. You know, those are an outflow of my ministry today. But like everything, there was good and there was bad. And one of the, one of the goods was we believe, just like our church, that the power of God can move in any moment to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed, to break, to let those who are in chains be, uh, be set free. And later on, even in this service today, we're going to give you that opportunity to receive prayer. But a negative side effect to that was we had no theology of suffering. And the idea was if you're sick or if if you're struggling with finances or if something negative is happening in your life, something is wrong with you. And while sometimes there can be a cause and effect, but other times we just are going through a rough season and it's just a rough time. And we prayed the right prayers and we've fasted enough days and we've, we've said the right things at the right time, but we're still dealing with a trial. We're dealing with a, a prison. We feel like we're in chains. And it became very unloving that the people I'm, a, I'm remembering in my mind right now uh, felt like they were a secondary Christian because maybe they dealt with a handicap or they dealt with an, an internal issue. And 
And over the years, I just saw people kind of shrink back from their life with God. And so early on in my ministry, in fact, I think I was, I was still in college. I was, I was in college, but I was doing part-time ministry. And, and I encountered a lady who she told me very tenderly that she had a disease. And man, I, I just started preaching to her, you know? I mean, I was 20 years old and I preached and I read some, a couple of books and I knew I was an expert. And uh, so I started preaching and telling her scripture and, and she just politely listened. And then she paused and she said something. She said, she said, I believe God can heal me at any moment. But right now, he is, I believe he's using my suffering to be a blessing to other people. And I, I didn't really know what to do in that moment. And so I didn't do anything, of course. I just, you know, I respected her. But it was the first time anyone in my life uh, that, that at least, or maybe the first time I had listened, had, had given room for God to move through a difficult circumstance. Guys, I don't want any of you to be sick. I don't want any of you to have trouble. I mean, that's not what this is about. And I will always pray for your healing. I will always pray for your healing. But I won't think you're messed up if, if the Lord doesn't say yes at that moment. That, that's, not, that's not loving. Our chains advance the gospel. So whatever situation you're in, whether you're dealing with unemployment right now, whether you're dealing with a, a rebellious kid and you don't know how things got this way, maybe you're going through a divorce or, or maybe your marriage is in trouble or maybe um, you're single longer than you anticipated. Those things don't limit the gospel and the work of Jesus. The work of Jesus works through our adversity. It works through our chains. It works through our prison. He is always at work. And he has good things for you. And the best thing he has for you is him. So what does it profit you if you're rich and famous and have one of those marriages that you can brag about on social media to make everyone else jealous about. And, and you have everything you need, but your soul, you're soulless. There's, there's no capacity for the love of God in you. Hey, what does it gain to profit the world, but to lose your soul? Whatever situation you're in, the Lord wanted me to tell you today that he is advancing his work, even in chains. He loves you. He loves the mess that you may be in. He loves the adversity you may be in. And he's going to take you through. But you won't be a complete person when you get through the pain, when you get through the trial, when you get through the circumstance. You're complete in him right now because of what Jesus did for you. Number two, our chains inspire. Let's go back to verse 13. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I'm in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak 
the word fearlessly. What a perspective Paul had. He's like, what's happened to me? My imprisonment has actually advanced the gospel and has become evident to everyone that my imprisonment is because of Christ. And, and not only that, it's not only just good for me, but everyone around me is more bold because I'm standing for Christ in prison. Guys, don't underestimate how your story can impact someone else. The way that you're gracious through something difficult. I, I, have, I have a friend of mine who, who's dealing with some, an unexpected health issue, and she is so gracious and so godly through it. It's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen. It's such a beautiful expression, and she's inspiring me to trust the Lord more. So don't underestimate how the way you live your life through a difficult situation or through what you consider a prison or what you consider chains, how it inspires other people. I remember reading the biography of Johnny Erickson Tata. At age 15, she was in a diving accident and she was up to that point living the suburban dream and was athletic and beautiful and popular and all of these things. And then she she was paralyzed and she took that tragedy and because of the love of God, because of what God did in her, she's had decade long ministry, many, many decades now of sharing Jesus Christ and inspiring people with her life, with her, with the essence of who she is. We don't want persecution and we don't look for persecution but we are willing to suffer for the gospel. And one of the reasons we're willing to suffer for the gospel is truthfully, we actually do better under persecution. I wish that wasn't the truth, but when things are easy, we tend to sin. I hate, I hate to say that, but it's, it's really true. Read the Old Testament, that's the story that we see. Now, I believe wisdom means that we can prosper and be in health and all of those things and not sin, that is, that is ultimately the Lord's will for us. But it is, it is interesting that, that we tend to rise up when times are difficult. And so suffering and persecution does its work in us. Let me be clear. Don't seek it out because it'll seek you out. And it's my, it's my heart for you as your pastor that I, I, I want this to be a good weekend. I want your relationships to be whole. I want your career to be successful, all of that. And I'm expecting more of that for you. But I, I'm just saying that when there is a setback, you're going to be okay. When there is a tough season, you're going to be okay. I mean, truthfully, and, you know, I don't want to make this sermon about me, but I finally just took a breath this weekend, and, and I've had 10 very tough months. Ten very difficult months. But you know what I've done in those ten months? I've laughed a lot. I've had some good memories. I've got to do life with you guys. But, but it has not been an easy ten months. And I, I just say that not to make this about me, just to let you know that I've been walking with the Lord a long time. And you have some tough years. And you have some tough seasons. And you have a tough day in the week. But we know this, that even in the midst of those prisons and with those chains, the gospel is going to be advanced and, and people are going to notice the goodness of God. He is at work. And we, we will, we will get through the tough times and we will see the goodness of God tomorrow 
and we will see the goodness of God in our suffering today. When we feel something's threatened, though, we tend to rise up. That's one of the reasons, and I've used this illustration before, but, but for some reason I feel like the Lord wants me to share it again. I, I really admire Sumner County Commission and the city of Hendersonville because they, they open every, every monthly meeting and have a minister come pray. And I'm very honored to be on that list and, and get to go do that. But truthfully, I mean, sometimes it's just like another night out of the week. It's like, oh, I'm going to go down there and pray the symbolic prayer. And, oh, man, okay. Do, do I want to say no this time? And that thought kind of crosses my mind. Don't tell the people in charge because I, I still want the invitation. Uh, but, but that thought crosses my mind. And here's the reason why I always go. I always go because if there's a day when um, people say, oh, we're, not gonna lo- we're no longer going to have prayer before our government meetings, then all of the pastors and all of the people would be so mad and so upset. And so if we're going to get mad and upset in a, in a mythical future, then we have to be consistent today and say, if it would be important if the right was taken away, then it needs to be important to keep the appointment. I say all of this that, that we tend... We tend to do better under persecution, but let's be people of wisdom so we don't have to, we don't have to let that persecution bring out God's character. Let's instead be thoughtful. Let's think through things ahead and know that the way that we respond and act inspires others. Number three, our chains elicit joy. Our chains elicit joy. Now we're going to, we're going to go all the way to chapter two, verse 17. So In a few weeks, when I skip these scriptures, I want you to remember we're not skipping scriptures. We're just showing them in uh, as they compare to a theme today. So later on in this same letter, starting with verse 17. But even if I'm poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith. Now, what's he saying there? Paul's saying, even if I end up getting executed for the gospel, which, which we believe he did. I mean, it's almost certain that he did. So anticipating that, he said, even if I'm poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice, the service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. And honestly, I don't want to give my life for the gospel. I mean, I, I mean, part of me doesn't, the selfish part of me, but I hope the Lord would make me willing. And I hope that I would have his power if that if that moment, if that opportunity came. And, and so we love, we love America, and we're thankful. You already heard me say that. But if I don't tell you on a July 3rd, 2022, if I don't tell you what Scripture says and, and says, hey, Americans, if 30 years from now, 50 years from now, you may be killed for the gospel, and you have to be ready for that. I, I'm not being faithful to the Scripture. I'm not being faithful to to church history. I'm not being faithful to the environment around the world. We don't know what the future holds, but we want to be ready to live for Jesus no matter what. Happy 4th of July. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, didn't mean to go so dark there, but I hope the Lord used that anyway. Jesus, Jesus went through difficult things. Hebrews 12, one and two. Let's go there. Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, 
Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. This is encouragement from the word. Now look at verse 2. Here's the reason why we can do that. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. Now just think about that phrase. I underlined it for you. For the joy that lay before him, the treasures of heaven, the eternal things, he endured the cross. The joy of knowing Christ, the joy of being in the gospel, the joy of living for things eternal helps us endure any earthly sacrifice. For, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, the message of Christianity is good news. It's good news for the sick, the weak, the abused, the downcast, the rejected. Christianity is not about, oh, get your act together, and then you're qualified to become a Christian. Christianity is for every person who feels, who feels like they're on the outside. It's an invitation to the inside. It's for everyone who's been left out. It's, it's, it's the message, there's a seat at the table for you. It is for every single person that hears the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so because of that, we don't look at chains as something that makes us less human or less Christian. We find joy in our chains. We found joy in our chains knowing that this restriction, this, this, this thing that feels like a prison to me, even though I don't like it, don't prefer it, and I hope it's not in my future if I'm being honest, is going to advance the gospel This is going to inspire others. And even if I'm poured out like a drink offering for Jesus, even if my life is poured out, just like you would take a water, the last bit of a water bottle, just kind of pour it into the ground. That's kind of like the word picture here. If I'm just poured out, even if that happens, I'll rejoice anyway. Guys, this is a tough faith, but we have it because of him. And you have it. And I see that. I see that in your eyes right now, for those of you who've been looking at me as I preach, but I see it in your life too. I'm in a room full of people here that, that have amazing stories for God. I want you to hear this. Your story is worthy of being recorded in scripture. I mean, you're not unlike these men and women we're talking about. You're doing great things for God. And, and I, I share this teaching today in these scriptures not to say you people get it together. I'm saying you're doing it. Keep up with it. And I hope that God gives definition, definition to your life and to the things you may be going through. Here's the fourth thing. Our chains are honorable. Our chains are honorable. Now we'll go to verse 25 of Philippians 2. And we find here the, one of the purposes of, of the book of Philippians, just in, in the, the present-day context of, of the first century. Verse 25, I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. 
Now think about that, verse 27. What? He was so sick that he nearly died. What do you mean? He's an overcomer. What do you mean? He's blood-bought. He's a king's kid. He got sick? Yeah, it, it, it happens. It's not, it's not a good thing, necessarily. It's not a desired thing. However, God had mercy on him. Not only of him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Verse 28, for this reason, I'm very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy. And then here's a key phrase here and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. So basically what has happened here is the Philippians church sent, um, excuse me, and and the the person we mentioned today, (laughs) Epaphroditus, sent him to Rome, sent sent him to Paul. And now Paul was saying, I'm sending him back to you. I'm sending him back to you because you heard he was sick and, and I, I, want you to, I want you to see that he's okay and I want you to honor him. And basically he was saying it's okay that I'm sending him back. Perhaps, we don't know this, there was expectations that he was supposed to stay longer and Paul was sending him back earlier than was expected. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good conclusion. But he's saying, hey, I want you to honor them. He was sick. But he risked his life for the gospel, and he did that. And I hope that we continue to have a culture of honor, honor trailblazers of the faith, honor people who, who were standing on their shoulders, honor the work of God among us, not just those things that are helping us accomplish the task of today, but the the, the building of the church, the building of the kingdom of God. I hope that we honor those things. That's why at funerals, you know, we, we always talk about the best things about that person. We don't, we don't bring up all the mistakes. We don't bring up all the missteps. Why? Because we honor them. We honor them. So think about who in your life may need to be honored. And, and don't focus on their mistakes Focus, focus on how God has used them and how God has, has used their life for great things. Guys, let's, let's make a transition. Let's just ask the Lord to come in this place now. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we know you're here. You promised in your word when two or three are gathered, you're here. So when I said, let's ask the Lord to be here, you've already been here, Lord. We know you're here, but we do need to ask. And Lord, just as I told the people watching online and the people in this room. And I said, I said, I don't take you for granted. Lord Jesus, we want to say, we don't take you for granted right now. We don't take your presence for granted. We don't take the activity of the Lord for granted. We thank you that you're here. We thank you for your presence that's here right now. Would you just welcome the presence of the Lord? Just make sure that he's welcomed. He's here, but you need to welcome him. Lord, we welcome the presence of the Lord here. We welcome the work of the Lord here. We, we thank you, Lord, you're bringing encouragement to those who feel like they're in prison. We thank you, Lord, that those who feel limited by chains, Lord, we're, 
we're honoring those people and we're saying the gospel can advance even when we're in chains, even when we're in difficult circumstances. We thank you, Lord, that you love us through our handicaps. You love us through our diseases. You love us, Lord, even when um, our career is not going like we thought, or our marriage isn't turning out like we expected, or, or, or we haven't been the perfect parents, or we haven't been the perfect siblings. Lord, you love us anyway. You love us, and Lord, you can take even missteps that we've made, and you can advance the gospel. You can advance that. Father, I pray for those who who may feel the pain of singleness. I mean, I know not all our singles feel that pain, so I just want to say that. I know that. Some of you really are, are happy being single, and we know this is that that, that marriage is a gift, but, but marriage does not make us, make us whole. Jesus makes us whole. Jesus makes us complete. Jesus is everything. He is everything. So I pray for those who, who are single, who, who may be discouraged here. Not everyone is in that situation who's single, but Lord, if there's two, three, four, who's discouraged about that today, God, Lord, I pray, Lord, that truth would be be so much louder than the voice of culture. We, we pray, Lord, truth would be so much louder than the voice of culture, God. So thank you, God, that you're advancing the gospel. You're advancing the gospel through that, that misguided perception. We thank you for that.